Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today we are joined by friends of the show, Mikhail Baden and Andrew Chope, to make a tier list out of every single episode of Veggie Tales. You may know Mikhail from the YouTube channel The M2J2 Project, and you can find Andrew at his channel, youtube.com slash my name's Nathaniel Martin, and I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. God, we've got so many people on here. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. Today, oh man, um, we're doing an Easter special. I hope we get this out in time for Easter. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, Xbox. Happy Easter. We are joined by not one, but two guests to tackle a very, very, very large episode. Uh, this is a tier list of VeggieTale episodes and also movies. This is all things VeggieTales, at least mainline, main series. We've got 50 two episodes of veggie tales including the two theatrically released movies that we're going to put into a tier list and we are joined by andrew chope on youtube that's zisserol and also we've got mikhail from the m2j2 project howdy hello everyone glad to be here oh yeah can't think of anyone else that would be better fits for this episode <laughs> one thing i think we should do before we start talking about all these veggie tales episodes is establishing what the tiers are. Oh, yes. I think there needs to be a, a lay off the weed equivalent, uh, like there is in all of our tier lists. Lay off the the church wine. Lay off the rumor weed. Re- lay off the rumor weed is definitely... So is the top heaven and the bottom hell? <laughs> Perfect. All right, we got lay off the rumor weed. I don't know. Do we want to put any of these in hell? I think they're all righteous. I just uh, don't know if they're all good. That's true. That's true. The bottom tier D is uh, purgatory. How about we just do baseless Christian propaganda? That's okay. true. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's not too many in that tier, but we're going to find out. There's going to be some. <laughs> there might be all of them. Can we have a tier that Scorsese please remake? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the S tier. Instead of A24, we want Martin Scorsese to remake these. <laughs> the A tier is A24. We're not doing two remakes, no. One. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the fun police, but no. It's like some Disney live action remake. Broccoli. That's not how you spell broccoli. Two C's, one L. <laughs> I mean, broccoli's a better vegetable than C tier, but that's fine. S, what, 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 what's the top? Top is the garden of eden i think the top tier could be heaven that's as offensive as putting veggie tales in hell <laughs> the, the heaven tier veggie tales specials heavenly oh b could have been belly of a whale like from jonah that, that should be one tier below broccoli i think <laughs> the broccoli goes above the belly of the whale jonah was a prophet ooh ooh but he never really got it yeah ooh, but he never quite got it ooh ooh sad but true <laughs> He might be the worst prophet in the Bible. Who the fuck was writing the music for these? Someone who really, really cared. Someone who was based. Railing lines of fucking coke in the recording studio. Writing... <laughs> Bro, I'll say this. Like, it's far better than any music that I've ever heard in a church. 
yeah, honestly, like it seems like they were like low key trying to make it so that you could edit around the god parts, like in case they got a TV deal. Because like whenever it's like they directly mention stuff in the Bible, they always cut back to the kitchen. Yeah, true. So if you cut that part out, like you could probably just have like a twenty minute episode. So we've got our tiers here. The top tier is heavenly. Then we've got Martin Scorsese, please remake as our second highest tier. Then we have the broccoli tier, a good vegetable, but, you know, maybe not the best vegetable. Then we've got the belly of the whale tier, lay off the rumor weed, and baseless Christian propaganda as our bottom tier. So for those of you listening along, just know those are the tiers moving forward from top to bottom. And PSA, this is all good and fun. We are not trying to offend any Christians or Catholics or anything. I mean, I'm not going to say that, but you're right. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I, I'm with Josh. <laughs> I could feel multiple members of the M2JT Project getting very nervous that this is the subject of the episode that I guest start on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's shaking in his pants right now. I mean, we're not going to offend anyone as much as we offended Josh Gad last week. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we offended Nicholas Carmichael last week. Who? You know, Nicholas Carmichael. Oh, the guest that's too too big, too good for us now? The first VeggieTales special that we're going to be talking about, because this order is completely backwards, is a Snoodle's Tale. Who wants to tell us about that? I guess that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what is a Snoodle's Tale about, Alden? Genuinely, I, <laughs> I have no idea. It's a 20-second episode of VeggieTales. I don't think I've seen this one. It's 50 minutes long. <laughs> what is it? No, sorry. It's the 22nd. Not a uh, 22nd. Oh. I've seen this episode, but I looked up the summary. All it says is that Snoodle Doo learns that regardless of how others see him, he is special. That's like the the like moral of like 95% of these. The Snoodle looks like a cheap-ass chow from Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misremembering stuff. Who cares? It's a less it's a lesson in self-worth. Yeah, self-esteem is like the main thing through Veggie Tales, I think. I've also noticed that. Like everything kind of comes down to that in some capacity. All right. Well, based off of this summary, this sounds like our first layoff the rumor weed tier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what this snoodle thing is and why it needs to have self-worth, but it probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the snoodle like is that like supposed to be a type of vegetable like why is this why is this interacting with talking vegetables it looks like the teardrop on taylor swift's guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh the picture that they have on like the uh fandom.com page for it its chin is ginormous i think that it's a high angle image <laughs> oh it is did anyone else hear like chopes like printer go off you in a plane? What? No, that was my air conditioning. My bad. <laughs> oh, oh, you're good. <laughs> Are you in a plane? I'm sticking with lay off the rumor weed unless you guys have better justifications. I don't remember it enough to like try and raise it up, but I, I feel like I remember liking this one as a kid, but lay off the rumor weed is fine. The cover alone is looks like lay off the rumor weed. I feel like any of them that they don't have a vegetable, like a character that's not a vegetable should be lay off the rumor weed. I agree. There was a cutoff date for like from when I've probably seen them to I've definitely not seen any of these. And I think this is beyond it. Yeah. Andrew and I were talking about this the other day where we were saying um, 
like pre Jonah, most of these are really like memorable. But after it's like, uh, did I see this one? Did I not see this one? Yeah, it's like SpongeBob after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was fucking gonna say. Could just be nostalgia, but I feel like the quality is pretty bad afterwards. All right, looks like up next, Andrew, you're going to be telling us about Abe and the Amazing Promise. I actually didn't hate this one, surprisingly. This one is uh, where Junior learns about patience and learns the story of Abraham. It's okay, it's decent. Is this the story of Abraham where he almost kills his son for God? No, I think they neglected that part. (laughs) What did they replace it with? (laughs) There's a lot of mentions of cookie cookies, uh, and that's all I remember about this one. A, le- a lesson in patience. So he's like a really old dude who's tr- trying really hard to have kids, right? Just like in the in the um, just like my dad. Yeah, in the in the biblical story. But then when he does get a kid, he doesn't get told to sacrifice it. it he just has it. Yeah, they go mini golfing. god tells him to beat him at mini golf instead when you go mini golfing in florida it's a sign you're gonna leave soon yeah if i beat you at mini golf in florida it means you're not long for this plane (laughs) what if god told abraham to 1v1 his son at rust what if god told abraham to wipe out tomato town (laughs) (laughs) no bob if i'm not mistaken i did go to catholic school but only up until third grade but i believe abraham was also told to circumcise himself probably that's either abraham or samson how do you circumcise a pea they did surgery on a grape if anything's up fuck that's the second time (laughs) i was i'm glad i didn't speak um how do we feel about this what do you what do you where do you think this belongs um i put this one on my and the uh, belly of the whale category towards the uh end do you think the veggies and veggie tales are really racist towards the uh oh wait never mind i shouldn't finish that the, wait the caricatures in this show like seem to be, have like a very mean-spirited approach towards like european people i agree i agree with i agree with the standpoint that they're pushing not that <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no but like all like, the peas are french and they're like all like assholes and like nobody likes them and archibald is like uppity and annoying and he like nobody really likes him either yeah but that's true yeah that is true fuck british people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again we're not here to offend people <laughs> just the british maybe the french yeah yeah we're not offending anyone i think belly of the whale tier makes sense i feel like this isn't like a sh- super memorable episode but it it does seem to be like entertaining the fact that he takes his peace on mini golfing is pretty cool yeah good dad like uh like everyone's dad in the snyder cut yeah we spent four hours watching that today um i haven't watched it yet me and mike are watching it saturday didn't you know that came out yeah it came out just today excited to see that it's pretty good josh and i liked it a lot and nate sort of liked it (laughs) was it funny was it funny like was it cringe no there there are some parts that are kind of cringe but for the most part those parts were already in the theatrical cut so like yeah if you like laughing at gal gadot as much as i do it's still pretty funny but (laughs) (laughs) up next i've got an easter carol this is one that i remember very fondly as a kid the hour-long easter special is the sequel to the previous christmas special the star of christmas and also simultaneously an adaptation of the charles dickens novel a christmas carol ebenezer nester is a a uh, Easter egg tycoon who was taught by his grandmother who built the business that 
Easter means no death. Because of this, he believes the town would be better off without the church. Instead of worshiping someone who pretended to die on Easter, they could just celebrate his chocolate bunnies. <laughs> Holy fuck. Then an angel shows Nesser his Easter's past, present, and future. She then sings a song about the first Easter and teaches him about his ignorant misinterpretation of the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This episode ends with uh, this uh, his factory exploding due to overproduction of these chocolate eggs, and it starts to rain free Easter eggs. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's pretty dark uh, at the beginning because he's straight up like he has a whole musical number about how um, how he doesn't believe in Jesus and that eggs and uh, chocolate bunnies are his religion. And it's pretty dark. And then like every good uh, Christmas Carol uh, adaptation, you see this character transform into a loving and giving person but actually Nestor never really uh gets that far he kind of just like by circumstance it starts raining eggs and he's like well i guess they're free this year <laughs> his redemption arc isn't as complete as ebenezer scrooge's which is interesting um i also remember this one i'm feeling broccoli on this one yeah i'm also feeling broccoli personally i put this in scorsese please remake this the soundtrack reminds me of the Minecraft soundtrack for some reason. <laughs> haunts me like every day. Oh my god, Robert De Niro plays like the Scrooge character. Oh my god, Robert De Niro does kind of low-key look like Mr. Nezer. He does. He does look like Mr. Nezer, especially in his olden age. Mr. Nezer looks like Robert De Niro fucked Alec Baldwin. <laughs> And became a cucumber. He said Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Scorsese, please remake. I've been persuaded. Yes. It's, uh, I believe, to you, Jory, with Are You My Neighbor? Oh, God. We're doing this one first. <laughs> Are You My Neighbor? This first story is based on another's glory, Sir Dickens's Tale of Two Cities. You may, of course, think of another sort, but no, not the one from Garfield with kitties. And as you may have guessed from my sorry attempts, it is written quite loose like the works of Dr. Seuss. Two towns atop peaks of which the story speaks feature two different clans. One wear pots and wear pans, and the other, the fools, wear not hats, but shoes. What is it they don't savor? Why, of course, it's their neighbors. One, our shoe-headed friend Larry up and gets his head buried. He waits in the muck for someone to help him unstuck. The shoe-headed mare passes by without a care, as does the shoe doctor, but her path cannot alter. But a pot-headed boy, I mean dishware, please don't toy, stops to pull Larry out, much to the doctor's dismay. You saved him, she shouts, shocked by his selfless display, teaching the children that loving your neighbor can be as small as doing a favor. The S-tier silly song, Where Is My Hairbrush, follows. Larry laments his missing hairbrush, the sorrow. All right, enough attempts at rhyming. The next story is about Junior Asparagus not wanting to invite the new Hispanic kid, Fernando, to his birthday party, citing his funny speech. <laughs> Bob and Larry infiltrate Junior Asparagus's bedroom and this time persuade him to get in their vehicle with a story of a space adventure. Thankfully for Junior Asparagus, this is just a Star Trek reference. The new guys on the ship eat a giant ball of popcorn, then sing a song about being okay with people who are different. Junior Asparagus decides to invite Fernando to his party after all. He then says to his father, I love you, big mister which isn't important to the lesson, but I thought it was weird. This story ends with uh, Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as you love yourself. They, they didn't even like try to hide like the fact that it was supposed to be a Hispanic kid. No, it's like... They named the vegetable Fernando. His family like just moved here from another country. He talks funny. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I kind of respect him more for doing that. <laughs> Rather than just being like, oh, like, um, I'm not racist. 
Uh, I actually like this episode a lot. Uh, I didn't remember the beginning, but like then when I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this and like liking this a lot as a kid. It's like the two uh, towns that are on top of the mountain, on like opposite sides of this thing. Bloods for the Crips. It's, it's rival gang more. And then of course, come on. I mean, this is the episode with Where's My Hairbrush, an absolute banger of a silly song with Larry. Honestly, I feel like this is like an S-tier heavenly episode of VeggieTales. I'm going with heavenly on this one. This is one of the ones that I remember the most fondly from as a kid with the the Enterprise is made out of like a giant apple pie, I think, in the Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was probably one of the most memorable episodes, even if it's not immediately striking a bell for you. I feel like if you just looked up some screenshots of it, like it, you'd be like, oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah. Certainly if you heard this song. Yeah. Where is my hairbrush? Uh, we're not we're not ranking the silly songs with Larry this Easter, maybe next Easter. <laughs> a list for another day. But that song would be pretty high, I feel. It would take just as long to rank. Maybe longer. I don't know. I feel like we would be very civil with that one where it's like you mentioned that and it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This goes here. All right. Andrew, take it away with Beauty and the Beat. Oh, gosh. Um, I actually forgot to watch this one, but I've got the IMDb. The IMDb beat? <laughs> <laughs> Is Beauty and, a, and the Beat that one Justin Bieber song? With Nicki Minaj. Mirabelle and her traveling family band the Veggie Tones are determined to make their next gig at Vegetable Square Garden. Ha. On their journey, a fierce winter storm hits in the family. Dot, 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 cease full summary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Family gets stuck at a rundown resort. Mr. Beat, the grumpy manager, makes me sing and clean for their supper. Why is Mr. Beat such a beast? Can Mirabelle's kindness change him? Bro, look at the drip. Look at the drip on Larry in this episode. Yo. Yo. He looks like Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Just for, for Larry's uh, attire, I'm going to have to vote this heaven tier. I feel like, all right, for Larry's attire, maybe we can bump it up a little, but I feel like this getting bumped up for me is like lay off the rumor weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would probably say it's the propaganda one. Well, I mean, like, what is. The only thing that's stopping me from saying that one is like, what is the Christian propaganda for this one? I feel like it's just the don't judge a book by its cover, like love thy neighbor type shit that are you my neighbor already covered probably would be my guess. Do they still have religious stuff in the new ones? Yeah, this one has a closing countertop and the uh, the Bible verse is uh, 1 John 4.11. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's kind of basic for VeggieTales. I don't know. Yeah, I got to go with baseless Christian propaganda. Do they only cover like four biblical topics? Yeah, you don't remember the passion fruit of the Christ? No. Literally, wait till we get to the king and the duck. (laughs) (laughs) That story's so fucking dark when you think about it. The beat at the bottom of layoff the rumor weed tier for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is this the Huckleberry Finn one? I think you've got this all. tomato sawyer and huckleberry larry's big river rescue take it away i need to get some extra facts for this oh the cover of it already looks problematic it doesn't it's not mm -mm. there's definitely like cucumber gym in this or some shit (laughs) (laughs) uh it's cucumber (laughs) (laughs) shut up yeah so i guess they I really am glad I never saw this one. It's legitimately the same story, 
but watered down heavily. That's what VeggieTales is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like... Is Jim in it or not? Why is Mr. Nezer always the slave owner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at him. <laughs> Mr. Nezer is like in like the 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 VeggieTales universe where these are like I I think they're supposed to be like actors performing. Di- so he's he's kind of like Mr. Like- Nezer. Mr. Nezer is the heavy. Yeah, he's the heavy. He's he's like Al Baldwin. Yeah, he's like the guy that you can bring in to be like just like general asshole. Yeah. Definitely. The Bible verse for this one was James 4.17, which is, if you know what is right to do, but you do not do it, you sin. Here comes great responsibility. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty base, to be honest. Yeah, that that's it's pretty good. I just don't think the episode was probably good. More than a little problematic, but I feel like Belly of the Whales here is a good spot. I think it coming out in 2008 also is kind of weird. Oh, that's real... Cl- oh... That's relatively recent. I think he's talking about Obama. Well, no, I'm saying this is pre-Twitter. We'll give it we'll give it a slide. I, I everything about this is just real awkward. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at the bottom of belly of the whale. Trust me, we're gonna get we're gonna get more problematic as we go along. Again, we hope to not offend any Christians or Catholics. We don't care about anyone else, apparently. <laughs> we do not work for big idea. Um, Jory, I think you have to take it away with celery night fever, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wish that I could take it away. Uh, here's what I have for my thing. On a lighter note, what the hell is celery night fever? <laughs> Veggie pals Laura Carrot and Junior Asparagus have a big job to do. Save their beloved celery park from being destroyed. All hope of saving the park seems lost until the group remembers that God forgives without question. So why can't they do the same? I was put off by the prospect of VeggieTales parodying Saturday Night Fever, so I skipped this one. I am sorry, but you must forgive me, as written in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Look at the trip on Bob, though. Yo, Bob looking tough. How much coke did those two do? <laughs> I confuse Saturday Night Fever and Boogie Night sometimes, so that made me real nervous at first. <laughs> Man, Larry's got one heck of a cucumber. <laughs> um, Scorsese, please remake. Hard agree. You know what? We need to put something in broccoli, and that afro to me reads as broccoli. <laughs> Throw that shit in broccoli. Broccoli. Yeah, that, that one looks interesting. It's definitely one of the post-pirates who don't do anything. I would watch this one. Yeah, I would have watched this one but it was one of them that i still needed to do my summary for after we did the snyder cut and i looked and it was 50 minutes so i was like yeah no (laughs) that's another weird shift um post the two theatrically released uh movies they really felt like they had a big idea on their plate like (laughs) a big idea these are all gonna be 50 minutes instead of like 20 yeah i don't think it paid off for them i feel like the two like 15 ish minute shorts in an episode works out really well for them for the most part and then the specials that are half an hour long also work well but like 50 minutes is just like way too long has veggie tales ended like entirely yeah so um the big idea produced mainline series ended in 2019 with the episode noah's ark which we'll get to it's i think it's uh yeah it's on here and then they sold the rights to veggie tales to netflix and there's also been two other spinoffs that are produced by big idea but in terms of I kind of can see where Netflix, the main, main line here, they ended in 2019. Netflix took over? Where? All right, guys. All right, guys. What's your, what's your pick for uh, best Pixar movie of the year? Solar Onward. 
I really want Sean the Sheep Geddon to win personally. The story of death, um, handling the topic of self-esteem, which we've already had an episode or two on, which, uh, yeah, that's fun. I'm not going to retell the story of David and Goliath. Its main moral is it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Everyone is capable of doing great things. It also has like another another moral of uh, don't judge a person based on their appearance and it's uh it's okay to be yourself instead of trying to be someone or something you're not correct me if i'm wrong but this is the first appearance of larry boy i think you're right it's the fifth episode yeah you might be right i have in my notes that okay i guess i was wrong then never mind no you might be right hold on i'm reading into it because i didn't really think about that i believe fib from outer space is larry boy's first appearance on the plot for the wiki on this one it says the show opens up with Larry dressed as his alter ego, Larry Boy, with a cardboard cut out of a city skyline. Yes, this is the opening with Larry Boy, yes. What a goat. Got a got a letter from Myra Eggleston from Youngstown, Pennsylvania. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's go visit Maya. This one I remember pretty fondly as a kid. I feel like this is one of the first ones I ever saw. Um, yeah, same. I remember this yeah. one. Um, at some point, Big Idea did a, uh, like a stage type uh tour i don't know if you guys remember those like previews for it i saw it in person oh my god so you were in the crowd for this yeah so they um a lot of the vegetables would deflate um and just come out (laughs) as like flaccid sacks of of nylon oh my god like in the middle of scene that's so terrifying yeah it was it was pretty disturbing is that just a regular human but i remember this episode fondly i think it's also up there with heavenly i don't know if its morals are quite as like strong as the are you my neighbor episode it might have a little less messaging but i mean it's retelling a pretty weird story of the old testament and i think it does it in a fun way i really like that the bible verse for this episode is matthew nineteen twenty six. through god all things are possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like that alone it gets heavenly but i also completely agree with what nate's saying this was also one of the ones that i remember most fondly as a kid and i'm perfectly fine with it going up in s tier i'm trying to find videos of it like youtube just won't find it oh there we go there's one that's an hour long all right andrew are you ready to tell us about duke and the great pie war i am i watched this last night so it's fresh in my mind basically uh larry has to save the kingdom and win over Petunia's love by jousting Mr. Lunt in wacky shenanigans. That's my uh, description. Nice. What's the what's the Bible message? What what am I supposed to learn from this? It's a uh, bros before hoes, Romans twelve ten. You beat me to it. It's don't judge other people, basically, because they hate the other kingdom because they're terrible. But Larry said no, because he's not racist. So it's a worse version of Are You My Neighbor? I just want to be clear. I was just paraphrasing the actual Bible verse. It's be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12.10. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, you got the right book at least. That is the message. It's bros before hoes. Hoes are personal gratification over your bros. Personally, because I think this message is handled so much better in other episodes, Duke and the Great Pie War sounds to me at best belly of the whale. What can you say about the the quality of the episode was it like entertaining was there a good silly banger with larry was it it was kind of see the, the thing with like the the latter half of veggie tales is you could really tell that they cut corners it just feels like they're in a small box with a couple sets you know a couple trees planting everywhere it doesn't feel like the old ones that felt like 
grand and epic. These just feel like stage productions. And I feel like this one really showed how sucky it was. I feel like this one has the potential to be our first baseless Christian propaganda. I would agree. I'd probably agree. There it goes. A true legend. The first baseless Christian propaganda. The reason that I say that is because, like, both of the stories are based on actual Bible stories, which, like, a lot of the times I expected that to be more common. Like, with the ones that I remember, like, the Bible stories are half of the episode, but a lot of them are just, like, straight-up original. But this one, both stories are the Bible stories, and it's not a very good one. Yeah. Yeah, just so Andrew doesn't have to go twice in a row... Uh, Jordan, do you want to tell us about God wants me to forgive them? God wants me to forgive them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And God wants me to forgive them? On his way home from his bowling league, Bob's TV friend asks him why he has to forgive his baby sister when she says she's sorry. Bob tries correcting Larry as he begins his story, and Larry must politely yet firmly command Bob not to interrupt. After terrorizing some sentient trees, the Grapes of Wrath hit a bump in the road and meet Junior Asparagus and use an extremely offensive racial slur. Junior informs them he's an asparagus, and the Grapes make fun of his afro puff. Mr. Asparagus then comes out and explains being mean makes God sad, so the grapes apologize. Junior Asparagus forgives the grapes for their racism, but the grapes make fun of his name next, and Junior gets pissed. The grapes apologize once more, and Junior is now pissed at Bob and Larry, the narrators, for forcing him to apologize yet again. Junior asks how many times you must forgive someone who grinds your gears, and Bob and Larry Google a Bible quote to placate the boy. Matthew 18, 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Junior is satisfied with the answer of 490 apologies, and after renaming the Grapes of Wrath to the Grapes of Math, they leave Junior quoting one statistic in particular that I refuse to repeat here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. It doesn't involve 13% of the population, does it? I refuse to repeat it here. The next story begins as a Gilligan's Island parody before Larry begins daydreaming about being a communist. He then crashes the boat and strands the crew and the passengers on a deserted island, thus returning the the short to its focus. Bob is pissed at Larry for crashing the ship, and Larry's inferiority complex causes him to run away. The passengers shoot Bob with a catapulted coconut and forgive him for destroying their house when falling out of a tree because he was struck with the coconut. They find Larry as he's in the middle of escaping the island on a raft, and after forgiving him, he joins them back on the island. One of the passengers builds a helicopter out of bamboo and coconuts, and they all escape together. This episode had no silly song with Larry, but I forgive it. Colonesians 313b. Forgive others as the Lord forgave you. That was a good ending. It was a good touch. At the very least, Scorsese, please remake. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And I think that Scorsese would do the right thing and put a silly song in there when he remade it. He would do the right thing. I think it should go under an Easter carol, though. True. Yeah. I can't see Robert De Niro in one of these roles, but I know the ensemble cast would be strong. I think Robert De Niro would probably play the father of the Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. No, I just wanted to mention this episode was like a really fun watch. (laughs) The second half is super dumb, but the first half is like, I only embellished a little bit. Like it's kind of, I think the embellishment adds a lot. You know, it's like, it's like putting salt and pepper on your vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, you want to tell us about Esther, the girl who became queen? Yeah, sure. I just uh, finished this one today again. This one's really good. Like, it feels like a uh, classic Disney movie for some reason. So basically, Esther becomes queen. Uh, she didn't ask for it, 
but she's thrust into it and uh, she has to stop an assassination plot from Haman or her family. She does the right thing and gets Haman sent to the island of perpetual tickling. Oh god. This episode actually freaked me out as a kid just because of the the like Grim Reaper dude with the giant uh, feather scarred me as a child i was just going to ask is anybody else scarred by an episode of veggie tales because i also am and i'm going to be talking about it later <laughs> I, I i know i know what episode you're talking about there's a really fucked up one isn't there are we all thinking the same thing i think so does yours involve characters being trapped somewhere yes <laughs> yes <laughs> in, a, in perhaps a den of lions yeah oh yeah there's also who has Rackshack and Benny? Yeah, they get gas chambered at the end. That's the one that I was about to talk about, like, scarring. Oh, what? Yeah, they get, like, locked in a gas chamber or set on fire or some shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, just to take this back to the Esther story, can we talk about how Mr. Nezer plays King Xerxes, the same guy from 300? <laughs> <laughs> in some cultures, he's known as King Sex Rex, actually. Well, anyway, King Sex Rex is played by Mr. Nezer in this episode. Heavenly. I think Heavenly sounds fair. I don't. I definitely don't want to see Scorsese remake this. At the very least, it's broccoli and better than Celery Night Fever. <laughs> I, could be, I think it could be at the top of broccoli. Yeah, that sounds fine. It's my turn with It's a Meaningful Life, uh, which I think is a take in its own right. It's a Meaningful Life, a VeggieTales retelling of It's a Wonderful Life, but instead of Stuart, played by Larry, wishing he was never born, he wishes that he caught the game-winning football. So he's cyborg in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> uh, he thinks his life would have been much better if that one moment happened, but he learns through the story that the things he loves and the people in his life would be wildly different if he lived that path. This is a story of uh, settling for God's plan and preaches that free will doesn't exist and you must blindly obey your creator. I have quite a few episodes with the same uh, moral uh, structure. So, um, I don't know. This one's pretty baseless Christian propaganda, in my opinion. I think trivializing the uh, the original It's a Wonderful Life, which is a film with dark themes, but is honestly appropriate for the whole family. And is one I always watched around Christmas time as a kid into this trite little VeggieTales episode. Kind of like narcissistic. I don't know. This doesn't really add anything to that story. And there's much better retellings of movies that are way more entertaining i keep seeing a uh, quote everywhere and i'm not sure where it's from and it really seems like it's from here does he by chance say that means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats the epic highs and lows of high school football no that's from uh that's from riverdale <laughs> riverdale would also rank under baseless propaganda how does this theming play into your supposed god complex nate that's enough from you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to take a moment to note how perfectly balanced our tier list is. Yeah, this is scary. All right, Andrew, are you ready to tell us about Gideon Tuba Warrior? Yeah. Um, Has Mikhail not gotten one yet? I feel bad. Yeah, no, I was going <laughs> to... Me and Mikhail have not gotten one yet. <laughs> yeah, I got like three in a row, my bad. All right, the plot summary. Can a few good veggies stand against an army of thousands? Can a nation be defended by horns and flashlights? Find out in a hilarious new adventure from Veggie Tales, Gideon Tuba Warrior. It's a tale of courage and trust as a reluctant tuba playing warrior takes on an army 
of excessively hairy pickles. Whoa. <laughs> it's just okay. It's so bland and mediocre. There's really nothing to say about it except for there is a tuba involved, so. This sounds like the definition of baseless Christian propaganda to me. I was thinking just a little bit of belly of the whale action here. It sounds like the... I was just feeling anything on the lower half of the tier list. Like, it's not as bad as um, Huckleberry Finn and whatnot. Like, I'd probably put it above that. Like, it's got some redeeming qualities. It's just so boring. Just take a nap. You're like, it's Sunday morning. I'm going back to sleep at Sunday school. Yeah, I watched this one on mute, so. <laughs> That's the way to watch it. All right, Josh, you finally get to speak. What is Jonah about? Oh, this is where the big boys play. Jonah, a VeggieTales movie, is Kuba's Kino. Telling one of the most well-known Bible stories into a feature film was a bold and impressive move by Big Idea. Jonah is the Bible's biggest simp after constantly messing up and probably the worst prophet in the Bible. If this movie didn't get constantly delayed, it would have been Toy Story at release and would have taken the title as the first ever computer animated 3D feature film. In an alternate universe, Big Idea gets bought by Disney and we all can enjoy Larry Boy in the newest MCU movie. Larry Boy would have stopped Thanos in Infinity War. He would have gone for the head. Wait a second, Josh, didn't this movie come out in 2002? It got delayed seven years? Yeah, it was supposed to come out in, like, 95. Wow. They started working on Jonah before they started anything else VeggieTales. That and the Noah's Ark episode, which we'll get to later, were the first two big ideas from Big Idea. Didn't you say that the Noah's Ark episode was the last one? The last one of by the original creators right before they sold to Netflix. That's crazy. It was their passion project. They really could not get that shit together. That's like one of the easiest fucking out. I think Jonah is like a top tier like um, film on this, but this was also, this movie also kind of killed Big Idea. Like Big Idea lost a lot of money after this movie came out. I like fully 100% plan on showing my kids Jonah. So like with that in mind, I, I, I would say Scorsese, please remake. I don't want Scorsese to also go under. <laughs> he won't. This will be a straight to Netflix thing. It'll make money. This is Scorsese's Don Quixote. Like uh, Terry Gilliam had that movie that ruined his life. I honestly wanted to say Heavenly. <laughs> I also want to say Heavenly. Scorsese doing just the story of Jonah in general does sound Kino. Um, I think it belongs in Heavenly, even though it's uh, it's not the movie's fault that it kind of like fucked up big idea. Yeah. The movie itself is not bad. The Larry Boy things are what they are, and we're going to get to them real soon. But I think Jonah is the peak of VeggieTales. I don't think this belongs anywhere but heaven. Even it might be at the top, as of for right now. For right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. You'd be hard-pressed to find a VeggieTales, like, piece that's more, like, quintessential. Like, this is exactly what VeggieTales is. The video game was also not that bad. There's a video game? Video. This was such a huge life event involving Jonah video game. This game was so fucking hard to play on my mother's computer. I got so frustrated. This is like, I'm like four or five years old. Like I could barely do anything. I got so frustrated. This was like my meltdown moment. I threw my mom's mouse at the computer screen and broke her computer. And this like snowballed into a series of events that led to me getting diagnosed with ADHD. Whoa. So thanks a lot. The Jonah game for PC. Yeah. I also had the Jonah game for PC. I did not get adhd out of it but I was it was frustrated. the episode where the caterpillar is stuck in the bowling ball oh yes yes and he keeps repeating himself over and over. i could hear like his voice in my i hate that character 
Carlisle. He might be the Jar Jar Binks of Big Idea. Yeah, I would agree with that. He appears in a couple other ones, too. Oh, God, I remember that disc. Oh, God, that's some PTSD right there. I had the action figures of him in the boat. <laughs> that Caterpillar guy was very annoying. Mikhail's mom was probably like, God wants me to forgive him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that this is rocking the top of Heavenly for now. Mikhail. Yes. You want to tell us about Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space? I think you do. In his first appearance, Larry Boy does battle with an alien that is born from lies told by Junior Asparagus. I have in my notes, is Junior Asparagus a boy or a girl? I think he's a boy. Junior is a boy because he's like Junior from Mr. Asparagus, and this is a family of high wasp asparagi. This is pretty progressive for a kid's show to have a kid. Well, I mean, if it's not, if Junior is not a gender. He's not a gender. I, I got that vibe. I legitimately didn't know until right now. I think Junior is also like four years old. <laughs> I think the creator of Big Idea, his wife. His wife voices Junior, yes. And he voices Bob. But Junior breaks his dad's limited edition plate, which I guess is like the Disney glasses from McDonald's. The fib or this alien grows larger with every lie that Junior tells until he's confronted by Larry Boy. There is a scene towards the end where Larry Boy attempts to shoot the fib down in his larry plane but alfred tells him that he didn't actually arm the plane with any weapons so larry ejects himself from the plane and launches himself like a missile in an attempt to sacrifice himself to defeat the fib from outer space this doesn't work and the fib's real power comes from the lies that junior has told and the only way to defeat him is for junior to tell his dad the truth which he does the fib is defeated and everyone learns a valuable lesson the Bible verse in this one is John 8.32, the truth will set you free. Shout out our truth Uh, Zack Snyder, please remake. Yes. <laughs> Larry Boy versus the Fib from Outer Space, Dawn of Justice. Damn, I just realized, Josh. So wait, is the Snyder Cut the first Zack Snyder movie you've liked? You didn't like Dawn of the Dead? I, li I like 300. I don't love 300, but I like it. Watchmen? No, he doesn't like Watchmen. You don't want to bring that up right now. <laughs> I think it goes without saying that Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space is heavenly. Yeah. Yes. I remember owning the VHS to some of these and then seeing the trailer for Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space and being very disappointed that that one wasn't in my collection. I think Larry Boy is like the flagship character of this franchise. I The most recognizable, you have to. Yeah, no, definitely. I got this whole, like, 89 Batman vibe from it. Like, that was really what they were trying to parody. He literally calls his butler Alfred. In the Larry Boy short that I have, he wears a black turtleneck when he's not. <laughs> yes, he does. The Larry Boy theme? Holy shit. It, do you like jazz? Larry, Bo Larry Boy is my favorite black exploitation film. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a Larry Boy action figure, I think. I had a Larry Boy that was, like, Mr. Potato Head, and you different larry costumes on him that's cool mr potato person i i think there's a superior larry boy episode but i do really like this one i think this one's going in heavenly yeah. yes josh and the big wall josh and the big wall was maybe the first ever VeggieTales episode i ever watched this episode talks a lot about how joshua and the israelites learn how to listen to god's advice even when they think there is an alternate alternative the silly song with larry is is uh say boo and it is indeed a silly banger with Larry. Uh, the episode has a twist where Junior was the co-host with Bob, building up Larry's Academy Award-like performance as Joshua, wiping out wiping out the wall of Jericho like it's Tomato Town. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode, I think, is 
one of the funniest episodes. It has the, how are we clapping? I have no idea. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) One of them is like, let's just go back to Egypt. Maybe slavery wasn't that bad. (laughs) 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 And they're all like, what? And he's like, "Uh, the pyramids, the warm weather. (laughs) I like when... um, they go to the promised land and there's like the big uh the big fucking uh pickles and they run away. You have the you have the peas as the uh I guess the soldiers of the wall of Jericho and they're throwing slushies at them. Walkie slush. They had the idea of firing a rocket instead of listening to God. Just like Trump. I thought we were gonna get through Josh in the big wall without mentioning Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a top tier episode, if not like one of the best. I think it's like top three. Song of the Sabu, best song in any VeggieTales. Hmm. Top five. It's really underrated. I'll give you that. It's very good. It's a very good song. Full disclosure, I was listening to it for about a half hour. Also, there's other bangers uh, in that in the episode. We're going to the Promised Land, a banger song where they're talking about food. I think this is when like VeggieTales like starts. This was like their. I think it was their part of their first 10 episodes yeah i think it was episode like four or six or something like that i think when the, this is when they were try- starting to figure out like their humor and uh what they could do with this product yeah they peaked around episode four or five of their show just like us <laughs> yes <laughs> uh do you like this more or less than jonah josh i might like it more i just think uh this one um Jonah's kind of a piece of shit. At least Joshua was a good role model. And this all this episode occurred because uh, it was teaching kids not to um, if somebody's like bullying you or something, maybe not, maybe not always, maybe not answering with violence with violence is always the answer, even though at the end they tear down a giant wall. (laughs) I think it has a fine like, uh, why can't I think of the word? You having a stroke? I am having a stroke. <laughs> I think it's a fine message. I don't. I find it pretty harmless, and I. I think I do like it better than Jonah. All right. Well, I think it's definitely in heavenly. Where do you guys think it belongs? I'm fine with it going above Jonah, to be honest. Yeah. Here it is. Top tier Veggie Tales Kino. I really like our heavenly uh one so far. I'm gonna have to go back and watch these. Heavenly is like the only tier really worth watching, and then like Scorsese Please Remake is like. We remember these fondly. I believe it's Alden's turn with King George and the Ducky. Oh, yeah. Alden, I hope you looked up the original Bible story for this. It's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I I know of it, but yeah. <laughs> Did I give Alden all the problematic ones? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these were distributed by... Uh, Warner Bros, I think, and this was not one of them. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's retelling David and Bathsheba. Yeah, Bathsheba. Um, a healthy marriage. It literally opens up with Jimmy and Jerry Gord, uh, disguised as Bob and Larry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> The burden Ernie of our uh, of our childhood. Every everybody's two favorite gay uncles, uh, Jimmy and Jerry Gord. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who the family acts like they're okay with when they're around. Yeah, it's got uh, Englishmen who went up a hill and came down with all the bananas or whatever. That oh, one yeah. was fucking annoying. Whatever. Uh, the the main story here is King George and the Ducky, and uh, long story short. 
there's a war. The king doesn't care about the war. He would rather be like play in the bath with say, this is Robert Ducky. Is that a metaphor for something? Yeah. Alden, would you like to tell us what it's a metaphor for? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're good. I feel like I feel like just like, subject matter alone, I need this in Scorsese, please remake. <laughs> because it's so bold that they chose to do this story in the first place, but like, bro. <laughs> And it's very early on in the series, right? This is pre-Jonah. This is pre-Jonah. This is the 13th episode, yeah. Oh, lucky number 13. That's ambitious. Yeah, 13 episodes in, they were like, hey, guess what story we're doing next? 13 reasons why. We're doing stories about the Bible. We can't skirt around it for, for forever. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. All right. Who has Larry Boy and the Bad Apple? I do. Speaking of ambitious... This episode has a fucking PlayStation 2 game. Yes. <laughs> Review coming soon on our channel, by the way. Subscribe to youtube.com slash the M2JG project. Larry Boy takes on an evil female apple with a sexy voice. She's got this weird Tim Burton, Willy Wonka thing going on. She battles Larry Boy by exploiting his soft spot for chocolate and is pretty much able to incapacitate Larry Boy by trapping him in a room that looks like the chocolate room from, again, the Tim Burton version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory which somehow makes it worse. The lesson here is to moderate the things you enjoy and that giving into, into temptations can have additional consequences. So this episode is about Larry Boy getting seduced by Poison Ivy? Yeah, I didn't put it together until I read it back to myself. Tim Burton, please remake. I would like to read the verse from this episode. <laughs> please do. Matthew 26, 41. Keep alert and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you. For though the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. Anyway, Josh, that's why I want you to stop drinking. I think this one's got a good message. I do think it's ambitious as well. Um, I think it's interesting. This also has a song by some like mainstream band in it, I believe as well. They really went all out for this one. Yeah, for some reason they like put all their they doubled down on Larry Boy here. This wasn't theatrically released or anything, but it was like an event movie for them. Are they a real band or were was it like I I don't with that with that name i don't think so they were the skillet of their day <laughs> Gosh. what if it was like simple plan <laughs> as good or as memorable as the fib from outer space but i think it's close to that caliber the animation is very very smooth way better animated than than fib from outer space which was like episode four some of this shit looks like fucking screensavers and this looks like a legit like feature like theatrically released film are we thinking how do we feel about top tier broccoli i'm i that's where i would go with this yeah yeah it's fine uh josh you want to tell us about lord of the beans Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best fantasy movie. <laughs> These all have great titles. Lord of the Beans is a parody of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings series. Instead of hobbits, they are flobbits. And there's a scene where fireworks then shoot off into the sky before a lone spark then falls onto the hair of another flobbit, which causes this particular flobbit to run around in a panic with his hair on fire until another flobbit douses the fire with a bucket of water. This is how the movie fucking starts. It sounds like such an adrenaline rush compared to uh, Fellowship. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Fellowship of the Ring, but Lord of the Beans. 
But no, for real, I've never actually seen this one. Um, good thing I didn't, because this would have been my introduction to Lord of the Rings, because the first time I watched Lord of the Rings was like a year ago. But uh, yeah, by the sound of it, it just sounds like VeggieTales. Um, Lord of the Rings parody. Yeah, I don't know if there was a message on it or if it was one of their non-religious ones. It doesn't look that bad. The The title alone is really funny. I say lay off the rumor weed. Due to having such a strong resemblance to its source material, this episode is not available to purchase domestically in Australia or New Zealand. My god. It's banned by like the Board of Tourism. <laughs> yeah, this one was always just out of reach for me. I've never seen it either. I remember getting the trailer for Lord of the Beans uh, pretty frequently on other VHS and DVDs that I owned, but I never was able to see this one. Fan theory Lord of the Beans does not exist. It's pretty cursed. Yeah, I think uh, Josh was right on the money with his lay off the rumor weed tier. Lay off the beans. I like that everyone, though, for the most part, is playing against type, like uh, Nessers Gandalf and Larry is <laughs> is Aragorn for some reason. Everyone but Junior Asparagus is playing against type in this in this recasting of the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, Larry Boy and the Rumor Weed. What's this one about? <laughs> we opening we open with a terrifying stalker stealing milk money from a small child coming home from seeing a movie he didn't like with a friend. After the man escapes and leaves, Josh and Jory uh, to discuss Infinity War at Josh's apartment. He climbs to the rooftops. Larry Boy is waiting. He hangs him off the rooftop and shakes the money out of him where it remains at the California Pizza Kitchen to this day. Larry Boy accidentally knocks a plant off the roof where it catches on a telephone line and begins to mutate due to a woman's gossip traveling through the lines. We cut to Mr. Alfred in a classroom, and he talks about needing to go home to quote-unquote recharge his batteries, leading the children to then speculate about Mr. Alfred being a robot in a manner that prompted me to Google when this episode came out. The Crabborg episode of Spongebob came out in 2002, and this special released in 1999. Anyway, the rumor weed accosts these young children on their way home and has to be let in on their rumor. After they cave, the rumor weed spreads the rumor everywhere, twisting it as it grows. The mayor calls Larry Boy... The rumor's growing out of control, and he attempts to destroy the weed in any way he can while it sings about rumors. After giving the ground the super suck, Alfred analyzes the plant and discovers the mother weed, where Larry Boy must go to kill the rumor weed. When While Larry tries to kill the weed in the sewers, the townspeople try to kill Alfred in the streets. I'm not a robot, I'm British. The teacher finally catches wind of the rumor, and they discover spreading... Nice rumors is better than bad rumors. This causes the weed to flower, which means it will soon be multiplying, but this special interprets this as death. Thanks, Larry Boy. Proverbs 12.18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Pretty based lesson. <laughs> but if you saw this episode, you know that the tear lay off the rumor weed is right on the money. <laughs> This is the best Larry Boy one. You think this is the best Larry Boy? I definitely think the, the rumor weed is the best Larry Boy villain. This is when I think of Larry Boy, this is the one I think of. I feel like the ones that I usually think of when I think of Larry Boy are the uh, fib from outer space and the angry eyebrows. I think of the angry eyebrows and the bad apple. Well, I don't know. I guess there's a little bit of discourse here. I guess my biggest problem with this one is Larry Boy kind of doesn't do anything. It's the uh, it's the Dark Knight Rises of its day. It's the Spider-Man 3 of the Larry Boy trilogy. It's the Batman versus Superman of the Larry Boy trilogy. Do you think the other two Larry Boys are better than this one? Because this one is like the best. No, I think this one is okay. I just like the other two more. Maybe it's because I didn't see this one as much when I was a kid, but like I saw uh, the 
the fib from outer space a lot and i really liked the angry eyebrows one this is the one that i remember the most and this is probably the one i saw the most as a kid the bad apples probably like the best in terms of animation and production quality and i feel like the fib from outer space is like the most tonally what i'd expect from larry boy it's the most that is a superhero spoof that's fair too because like it does have a lot of like straight up batman 89 references like i was saying before like he wears the black turtleneck when he's not larry boy in this movie which is really funny that beginning part where I was talking about where he grabs the criminal uh, on the rooftop, he says, like, I'm Larry Boy, like, in the way that like, I'm fine with this being heavenly, though. I, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine with it being heavenly, too, if everybody else likes it that much. The worst Larry Boy is better than the best Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's right. Yeah, I think we've got one about Lyle, the Viking King. Oh, shit. I think that's me. God, there's so many of these fucking episodes. There are. We're, we're almost halfway there. I got this from the Big Idea Wiki, because the summary was just really funny to me. In an attempt to add culture and class to the show, Bob has no other choice now but to let Archibald take over the show, like the time Jim, Jimmy and Jerry attempted to put on a show. Archibald now accompanied by uh, Jean-Claude and... Jean-Claude. Attempt to retell the classic story of Hamlet, but... Um, they couldn't find Hamlet anywhere, so they decided to substitute with a near similar story entitled Omelette. Despite his uh, insistence that this is not the right story, Archibald has no other choice now but to present the not-so-classic story. Omelette. So this is as good as The Lion King, right? Yes. No, it's not Hamlet. They couldn't find it. Why did VeggieTales feel the need to cover Shakespeare? Uh, I'm thinking Lyle the Kindly Viking is probably belly of the whale at best and baseless Christian propaganda at the worst. The only reason I would say it's not baseless Christian propaganda is because I have no idea what they're going for here in terms of message. It might it might be a lay off the rumor weed. Yeah. I feel like they're telling a story of 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 uh Hamlet on weed or high as fuck. Yeah, it's this like is drunk really Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, a ham omelet sounds pretty fucking good right now. Josh, you don't have McLarry, do you? I have McLarry. Oh, thank goodness. I was thinking we needed Mikhail to do one. So McLarry time. Wait a second. Is this like Macbeth? Yes. All right. So I'm going to preface this. You don't have to include this, but I don't say the title of this because I'm going to school for theater. I yeah, I respect your religion. <laughs> So this is a parody of the Scottish play, I, uh, but Larry is Mick Larry, as the title would imply. There's also a character named Chog Norris, like Chuck Norris, I guess. Scotland is engaged with a conflict with the Romans. It's a prank war, and the Scots are planning on dropping this smelly-ass cheese to get back at the Romans. The Scots reject Mick Larry because he's not good at the pranks, and he wasted time training that he was supposed to be training to do pranks on making some weird invention that was able to change a sheep's hairstyle. So Larry or McLarry meets up with the leader of the Romans and starts to help them with an even bigger prank. But then at the end, he decides he doesn't want to help either side. And he helps the two nations come to a peaceful compromise. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't paying attention at the beginning of this one. And by the end, I was completely zoned out this fucking sucked dude i think it's going right here with lyle if i'm being honest yeah yeah sounds like the same thing my only question is is there also a character named lady mclary <laughs> <laughs> i would have i feel like i would have noted that but like it was 
Scottish play with like that character and then like really nothing. Like there was a conflict going on in the background. Sounds awful. I'm sorry I put you through this. Josh, what is Madam Blueberry about? Oh, fuck this bitch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this damn Blueberry pissed me off as a kid. This bitch lives in a damn tree house with all this nice stuff living there without having much of a job either. And she is still sad. Big fucking deal. She goes to a super mall and buys everything. Like she is like she is Dick Cheney at a dinner table in Vice. <laughs> this episode has a really good message, but a very annoying antagonist as the as the protagonist at the end. I feel bad for like the family in the uh in the movie. And like it's one of those, it's the same thing as like uh an Easter Carol where like she kind of like she has a redemption just because she just has to have a redemption at that point. Fuck that bitch. She's also French, which is disgusting. This is another like European caricature in VeggieTales. They hate the Europeans. Good. But this episode did bring us the uh, allow us to introduce ourselves meme. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. That's where that's from. It got a lot right, but it also kind of like misstepped in a couple areas. And I think like what you're saying, Josh, the the main characters like arc kind of just feeling forced fuck it this character doesn't really change but we're gonna tell you they did anyway which is kind of fun i like this 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 is probably top tier broccoli it is a good episode top tier broccoli as well one of the first episodes that features a character other than bob larry or uh junior in it brings one of the secondary characters up was this character ever in another one yeah oh yeah madam blueberry's in a lot of them Madame Blueberry is the mayor of uh, Bumbleyburg and all the Larry Boar stuff. Think Top of Broccoli, because it still is a classic episode. Every time a, a VeggieTale episode gets put in the Broccoli tier, the song Broccoli by Dram is just going to play for like a bit in the video version. Broccoli, celery, gotta be. VeggieTales. Bump, bump, bump. It's time to hear about a Christmas special. Not a good one, but a Christmas special. What is Mary Larry in the true light of Christmas about? Bob and Larry are going all out to make it the best Christmas ever at the Spring Valley Mall. With music, decorations, and a light show like no other, it's an all-out spectacle to outshine the competition. But a little girl with a big heart changes everything when she shows them all what Christmas is really about. Unfortunately, she didn't show me what Christmas was about because this was another one that was 50 minutes long after I watched the Snyder Cut. I did not have the energy to watch it, so I pulled that synopsis straight off of IMDb. We'll never find out what Christmas is really about. Even if we watched this one, I don't think we would figure it out. It doesn't look like one of the good ones. Uh, personally, for me, if it's going to be a VeggieTales Christmas special, it's got to be the one with Buzzsaw Louie or else I don't care. Josh, we were talking about this earlier. That was the one I could remember. The Toy Who Saved Christmas. Wait, is that one on this list? Yeah, I have that one, actually. Yeah, I can't find a lot of information about this one in general either, which, like, to me, kind of says it all. It was released in 2013, so it's one of the later ones. Like, yeah, I don't know why they felt the need to keep doing Christmas specials when they kind of, like, had it right already. Like, a couple of times. (laughs) To me, there's no reason for this thing to exist. I feel like it could potentially be in baseless Christian propaganda. I'd agree with that. It'll be at the top, because at least it's about Christmas, which is like a more wholesome event than It's a Meaningful Life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We've got Minnesota Cuke and the search for Samson's hairbrush. The first chunk of this episode focuses on a schoolyard bully that picks on Junior Asparagus and his friends. Originally, he tries to think of a way to stick up for himself and confront the bully, but after multiple conversations with friends and family, they advise him to try and make friends with the bully instead. 
we then get arguably the best silly song with Larry that none of you are ready to hear, talk about. It is uh, Pizza Angel, and we do see Larry in the black turtleneck of the Larry boy, uh, Bruce Wayne, alter ego again through this song. Um, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. The back half of the episode is a parody of Raiders of the Lost Ark starring Larry as Indiana Jones. And he goes on a globe trotting adventure trying to recover Samson's hairbrush because he was a biblical hero who also fought bullies. Through action set pieces and the inevitable inevitable discovery of the hairbrush, we learn that Samson wasn't so much of a hero. He misused God's great gift of strength and then became a bully himself, once shutting out God for allowing his powers to be stripped. I kind of have a McHale story here too. I was getting bullied in first or second grade, and my aunt heard about this, and she mailed me this episode of Veggie Tales. Damn, um, babe. I would say it saved my life, but it didn't. <laughs> but I did watch this one more than every other episode. Um, this is probably one of my favorite episodes, personally. I think it's a little on the underrated side in the in the grand scheme of Veggie Tales lore it's a lot of fun the first half with junior is a little weak sauce but the second half is a lot of fun it makes up with it with pizza angel yeah yeah i feel like it has to at least be top of scorsese i don't know if i want scorsese to remake raiders of the lost ark though. then it's at least in heavenly <laughs> it's, it can be bottom of heavenly and i'll sleep well tonight okay <laughs> do we want to hear about mo and the big exit i think we do god damn what's mo and brexit about <laughs> i wish it was mo and brexit all right mo and the big exit Larry is uninterested in following the show's format, much to Bob's frustration. He would rather make a sequel to The Ballad of Little Joe. In response to a letter about a little girl not feeling strong enough to be patient with her brother, Larry makes up on the spot, Mo and the Big Exit, or as the Indians called it, The Lone Stranger, Little Joe Part 2. Some friendly old cowpokes recap Little Joe for us and set the stage for the sequel, set in the same town generations later where the mayor forces Joe's descendants who into indentured servitude because they're multiplying too quickly and becoming a net nuisance to the townspeople. If the title didn't already tip you off, this is the part where you realize the story is going to be Exodus with Cowboys, which sounds cool until you think of it for more than a second. The mayor commands his taskmaster to, quote, get rid of all the baby boys in, in the family. Oh, no. And one is found by his daughter panning for gold, who names the baby Mo, which is Indian for looking for gold and finding a baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is really anti-Semitic. <laughs> the Prince of Egypt is way better than this. If you're looking for a version of Exodus suitable for children, there is literally no reason not to watch that instead. Well, except maybe the Silly Song, which is another retelling of Exodus, but this time in a rap song psalm 28 7a the lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him and i am helped it's a c-tier silly song but it's probably like a d or f tier episode of veggie tales what is the silly song in this one is it boys in the sink god i don't even remember what it was called i just listened to it for a little bit and it's based it's just them rapping about exodus oh no i'm thinking of a different one never mind it's not a very memorable silly song. I didn't like it that much, but it's like I didn't hate myself for watching it. But like this one, I feel like I feel like this is bad baseless Christian propaganda. <laughs> Are they actually doing Exodus in the 1800s? Like the dissonance there is insane. Yeah, this feels very like very problematic. This sounds worse than the Huckleberry Finn one. Extremely problematic. It's anti-Semitic. It's racist against black people. It completely ignores the actual issue of African slavery in the United States at this time. And it gets even worse when Larry joins the army. <laughs> yeah, we're putting this at the 
bottom of baseless Christian propaganda and moving right along to Minnesota Cuke in the search for Noah's umbrella. Great. This episode opens with Larry admitting that he was oppressed before the episode and praying before eating his meal at Burger Bell. This sets the stage for an episode centered on dealing with shame or the victim complex of modern day Christians face on the daily. Thankfully, this episode gets right to the good stuff. Instead of a 12 minute story of Junior getting bullied on a playground, we jump right into the world of an Indiana Jones parody. They try to find Noah's umbrella because it will lead to the Ark. Uh, to this day, we never get a follow-up to Minnesota Cuke uh, as a trilogy. And this one is kind of left as a cliffhanger uh, because only Larry knows where the Ark is. And uh, I don't think we're ever going to get a continuation of the Minnesota Cuke. This was the original Snyder cut. <laughs> Release the cute cut. No, this one's pretty good. Uh, it's not as good as the first Minnesota Cuke in terms of the theming and the narrative, but it's way more fun and, and has way more set pieces and is way more an Indiana Jones parody. It cares way less about the story. The theming, again, is literally just trusting God and everything will work out in the end. And I mean, that's the theme of literally half the episodes that I've talked about so far. I think that this is probably low tier broccoli, maybe high belly of the whale, personally. I'm feeling belly of the whale on this one. Yeah, belly of the whale. Just the even out the tears. Let's talk about pistachio, the boy who wouldn't. A family adventure featuring a helpful lesson in listening to your parents and the importance of family. This creative parody of the beloved story of Pinocchio is a classic retelling with a clever VeggieTales twist. Once upon a time, a lonely toy maker named Gelato decided to carve a little boy out of wood. Imagine his surprise when he learned that this little boy could walk and talk and definitely had a mind of his own. When Pistachio tries to do things his way, he lands in a whale of a situation. This episode was 50 minutes long, and I just done watching the Snyder Cut, so I did not watch it. But it features cucumbers that look like Vito Corleone, Robert De Niro, and Polly Walnuts. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ephesians 6.13. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. This title's fucking stupid. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this episode's stupid. It doesn't need to exist, because we already have a good Pinocchio story in Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space. Yeah. Is this, yeah, is this even more baseless Christian propaganda that I have? I've had three of these. <laughs> <laughs> in a row, too, mind you. Um, yeah. This is a Pinocchio story to rival that of Kanye West. Pinocchio story to rival that of Pinocchio 2000. Ew. Is that, the, is that the gross live action one? No, it's like the CG one that they aired on Cartoon Network a couple times. Hang on, let me see if I can find Pinocchio 2000. It's, it's scary. It was in it was in the bottom 250 on IMDb for a while. Is it like he's like a little ro he's like a robot, right? Yeah. He's disgusting looking too. All right, Chope, you want to tell us about Princess and the Pop Star? No, but I will. Pinocchio 3000, I apologize. Malcolm McDowell is in this? What? I'm sorry. Way more interesting than this episode. Princess Poppy sees life on her family's farm is far from the glamorous but lonely world of her favorite pop singer, Vanna Banana. On a chance meeting at a playground, Vanna and Princess cross paths and discover they look almost exactly alike. Which leads to a crazy secret plan where they decide to switch lives. As each girl realizes that the life they long for doesn't fulfill all their dreams. They learn the the life God gave them is better 
you know, it's, it can't read. Why can't I read? Um, that was, it's okay. It sounds like the parent trap. Yeah. It sounds like the parent trap meets Hannah Montana. And honestly, there's a Barbie movie of the same name that came out like the same year. And so when I was just putting together this list and trying to find the poster, it took me a surprisingly long amount of time to find the princess and the pop star veggie tales episode poster. There's a version of the prince and the popper with Dylan and Cole Sprouse, probably from a couple years earlier that has the exact same plot as this, but with boys. It's very generic. It's not very good. This is kind of a cop-out plot for VeggieTales. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird for VeggieTales. This feels like a very small idea. Oh, that's got the new designs, too. Put it at the bottom. Baseless Christian propaganda. Bottom of Baseless... Well, actually, no. Um, the Yeah, Mo and the Big Exit should be the lowest still. It's a Meaningful Life really pissed me off. I'm sorry if that makes me a bad person, but it's, it's chilling there for now. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Speaking of things that piss me off, we're going to get into the redesign, the last episode of Veggie Tales, uh, at least the mainline series. We've got Noah's Ark, the 51st and final episode of Veggie Tales. This uses the gross redesigns of the Netflix reboot, The Veggie Tales Show. About half the voice cast, as well as the animation style, are completely changed here. The story follows the events of Noah's Ark, but instead of God commissioning one man and his family to construct an ark to save the planet, most of the ensemble cast of vegetables are enlisted to shepherd wild animals and mount a gigantic boat. You'll never guess what the moral of this episode is. That's right. It's always best to trust in God's plans rather than our own. That's right. Blindly obey your creator again. I have a big problem with this one. <laughs> it's bad enough that they redesign all the characters. This was one of the first ideas Big Idea had for telling this like, oh, we're going to use vegetables to put on a like like a pageant, like a church pageant and tell Bible stories. They tell the Noah's Ark story. But, like, they don't have the interaction of God choosing Noah to save these animals. They just, like, do it out of instinct, which is really, really weird that, a, like, a cucumber and a tomato just have a gut instinct that God is going to destroy the world and it's up to them to rally the town together to save the planet. This is, like, the worst Bible story if God wasn't even in it. <laughs> it it's weird, too, because it's, like, they kind of did that with Joshua and the Big Wall but they put it more towards around bullying instead of like blindly listening. But this is, this is just straight up. Like it's straight up propaganda. This is definitely a new writing team coming into veggie tales. Yeah. Because it's just like a complete, like, Oh, what do, what do they do? Veggie and like did nothing more than that. The redesigns are so bad too. I can't stress it enough. Everything that works about Bob does not work with this redesign. <laughs> Larry's kind of okay because he's such a simple kind of character, and like they got his dumb tooth like in the right spot. His eyebrows don't look good, but Bob is they they, they massacred my boy Bob. What happened to the original Larry voice? Wait a second. They just wiped out Tomato Town. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the original Larry voice? Does anybody else remember in the early episodes, like very early, he had a really low voice? Yeah. I think it's the same voice actor. They just tried something different. They gave him some good direction. Yeah. In a lot of like early episodes of like shows, kind of like the voice actors got to like loosen up a little bit. Especially because what they were doing was so new at the time. Yeah, and Big Idea was a startup, so they probably upgraded their equipment too. Uh, Alden, you've got Rack, Shack, and Benny, right? Uh, I, I think so. 
What goes on in this one that traumatized Mikhail as a child? It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one is the what fourth episode, <clears throat> and it takes place in a chocolate factory. Look at the drip, though. Those hats. <laughs> Man, I don't know why, but this gives me Amazon vibes. Amazon? Yeah, they're, they're working for Bezos. The chocolate factory gives me Amazon vibes. Like starring, like starring J.K. Simmons as Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Sure. I think, I think this episode is the reason why I really appreciated Sorry to Bother You when I saw it in college. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone who really did not appreciate Sorry to Bother You. You must not be named. Yeah, we're not talking about Javon right now. <laughs> I seen it. Awesome. Okay. Um. Yeah, so they're in a chocolate factory, whatever, making chocolate, and they do their jobs pretty well. One rabbit falls off a truck or something. I don't remember this at all. Can someone, like, pick it up? Because I didn't write what the plot was. We can't ignore the absolute banger that the bunny song is. It's got great music in this episode, and that's all I can remember from the actual episode rather than the plot. And at the end, they get locked inside a fucking furnace and burn alive. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to say the anti-capitalist themes and dark imagery. It sounds like a Scorsese please remake. And honestly, higher than that of Easter Carol. <laughs> I think it's at the top. Yeah. This is pretty base. The, the bunny song was quoted by my mom through my entire childhood and my brother's. So I've heard it for the last 20 years. It's quoted by me every Easter. Robin Good and is not so merry men. I know what you're thinking. How do you turn a fable about vigilante justice in a corrupt society that favors overtaxation of the lower class to then overstimulate an already looming and all-powerful aristocratic monarch into a parable about the strength and power of having faith in God? Easy. You make sure Robin Good and his not so merry men are completely fucking incompetent. So once again... Blind belief in God will make everything better, and you don't have to take any action if your government is oppressing you. This is baseless Christian propaganda. Yeah. Horrible. There's no lesson out of this other than, uh, yeah, try to do good, but if you don't, it's okay. God's got your back. <laughs> I mean, sure, that's what the Catholic Church was built. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we've taken a very sad turn where we now have more like low tears than I do. It's like the Simpsons. Honestly, I think there's a very, very like similar correlation. Early VeggieTales kind of seems low-key inspired by the simpsons like with their choices parody and like just their riffing on stuff is kind of like along the same lines as the simpsons. i think the creator of big idea was just a big fan of pop culture in general i feel like yeah yeah and there's definitely like a lot of like love for obviously like the source material that they choose to riff especially in the earlier episodes yeah like the whole like larry boy thing like there's a lot of like really awesome pop culture nods and pretty much all of the original veggie tales runs when he made Daniel in the Lion's Den, he's like, I love Kubrick. When he made Daniel in the Lion's Den, he was like, I love traumatizing children. Up next, we've got uh, St. Nicholas something or other. St. Nicholas, the joy of giving. This one was pretty fucking lame, and it was straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's having a shitty Christmas, and Junior Asparagus is being a fucking brat about it and complaining about all the stuff he got. Bumbleburg, I think. It's it's a town. They all come together and discuss how to handle not having a good Christmas, uh, and Junior suggests that Santa may be able to help, and everybody kind of laughs it off. Wink, wink. What are you talking about, Mikhail? Why did you wink there? Why did VeggieTales need to acknowledge that? 
like they make it they make a point to be like oh yeah it's they're fucking talking vegetables like that's so unbelievable from there bob tells the story of the real saint nicholas with like no theming or anything so it's just like vegetables in the middle east (laughs) (laughs) isn't that half the early episodes though i was asking myself the whole time like do i give a fuck about this like not real like you are like we have to make a, a christmas story about vegetables that talk and they just copped out and made a story that did not need vegetables in it to be told at all. This one's really dated. Pretty It's from the Bible, so it's pretty old. Everyone learns to shut the fuck up and enjoy what you have at the end. Pretty standard stuff. Um, I don't really want to say this is... Oh, it's kind of baseless Christian propaganda. But it's definitely uh, a post-Jonah episode. I believe it's post-Pirates Who Don't Do Anything as well. How about lay off the rumor weed? Because they're talking about that Santa Claus isn't real. They're obviously high. Yeah. That's some bullshit. All right, Alden. What is Sherlock Holmes and the Golden Ruler about? And what are they measuring with the Golden Ruler? <laughs> it's a retelling of Don Quixote. Hey, Alden, why is there a mark at the three-inch part of the golden ruler <laughs> oh that was uh that's that's from larry we don't talk about it for john three sixteen. <laughs> for john three hence one sixteenth inch <laughs> you talk about your john three sixteen. austin three sixteen says so it's don quixote this was a post the last year i stopped watching these so i have no idea like what happens and i don't care either i do know uh However, this one was uh, released by Mass Market, but not by Warner Bros. But instead, Sony. It was a it was a be a good friend story. Like I guess a third of these are. I don't really think this one was too religious. Unlike most of the be good to people. Yeah, I'm not really being sold on this one. I think yeah. probably the most Christian thing in it is like just the golden rule: treat others the way you want to be treated, or whatever. So belly of the whale. That sounds fine to me i i I don't have any objections to that doesn't sound as bad as the river rescue one no don quixote's not a bad story so if they're retelling it and they did like okay with it i guess it's it's fine up next sumo of the opera what is this one about josh (laughs) (laughs) i love new japan pro wrestling i can't believe Evil joined Bullet Club. Sumo of the Opera is an interesting episode. It is a cool little animated movie telling the story of uh, St. Patrick's Day. And then the shit turns into New Japan Pro Wrestling when our boy Larry wants to wrestle Apollo to win a bike. They both fall out of the ring at the same time, like the first act of uh, Disney Pixar's Cars. It's more intense than... uh, the most recent boxing movie I watched, Creed 2. This knocks Creed 2 out of the park narratively. I think this is a fun episode. I remember it fondly. This was before I even knew what like wrestling was or anything. And but I just found the uh the theming of it interesting. It could easily get really uh racist, but I maybe it I don't know if it did. Wait a second, Josh. Didn't you see uh, Raging Bull more recently than Creed 2? Oh shit. <laughs> I did. Callum's favorite Scorsese movie. That's not a bad take. No, it's not. That's nah, a good one. Probably uh, lay off the rumor weed. Yeah. I- uh, no, I really like the sumo episode, actually. I think Scorsese directing a sumo movie? Come on. That would, I mean, like, Josh, you haven't seen Silence. Like, when he's going for that Japanese culture, like, he knocks it out of the park. Wait, so this is going to be Silence meets Raging Bull? This might be my number one Scorsese movie if he ranked. Remake sumo of the opera. <laughs> I agree. 
There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Mikhail, what the fuck is Sweet Pea Beauty, a girl after God's own heart? So I don't know what the fuck that subtitle is, because that really doesn't come up. It made it sound like there was. I was so nervous that there was going to be like some romantic involvement from God himself. Uh, sort of like how he got involved in that Shawn Michaels tag team match. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, God, get jiggy with it. This one's from After My Time from 2010. Uh, Madam Blueberry has this deceptive mirror that makes her think that she's ugly, which she kind of is. So Sweet Pea Beauty tries to tell her that what's on the inside that really matters. And then a decree is put out that the most beautiful... Me- I'm all over the fucking place with these notes. The decree is put out that the only the most beautiful member of the royal family can rule the land. And so Sweet Pea Beauty, who I guess is supposed to be the most beautiful member of the family, is exiled into the forest, didn't watch this one until the end, and the Big Idea animation wiki and the VeggieTales wiki are both blank. I- I'm gonna guess she gets saved at the end i think there are worse ones in terms of problematic content but this is just substanceless yeah this doesn't sound like a desired one by the fans this sounds like princess and the pop star tier yeah the ballad of little joe is that the movie that has the worst baseless christian propaganda sequel on this list yes i didn't find with little joe that it was like mo and the big exit that's very good i like this one (laughs) yeah this one's really really good the one that I watched was like, bro. What's the ballad of Little Joe about, Mikhail? All right, so this is a Western retelling of Joseph Colors, known famously as Joseph Dreamcoat from the Broadway play, musical. Uh, Larry portrays Joe, who's disliked by his brothers because God gave him special organizational abilities. Actually, word for word what the wiki says. So he's an accountant. Yeah, I guess. Is Ben Affleck in the accountant? Joe is gifted a colorful vest for his birthday, which his siblings yeah, his siblings resent him for because they all received mittens for their birthday, which great joke by the VeggieTales writing staff there. Little Joe tells his brothers that he had a 12 cacti, which 11 are representing his siblings, are all bowing to a larger 12th cactus. So this pisses off his brothers even more that they push him down a mine shaft. Uh, he then gets kidnapped, bound and gagged by a pair of bandits, and they take him into a town called Dodgeball City. Again, great joke. We flash forward one year later. I don't really understand what happened. Uh, but he's now the manager of a pizza place, and he's beloved by the townspeople, but he has a tendency to piss some people off, like Madame Blueberry, who frames him for robbing the pizza place. So for the crime of robbing the pizza place, Little Joe spends over one year in jail, and Jimmy and Jerry Gord, who I my notes his favorite gay uncles, who are in prison for tax evasion and attempted murder, respectively, talk about how Little Joe even keeps the prison organized. Despite, as Ken Rosenberg would say, having shit shoveled face little joe keeps faith throughout this time little joe is released from prison and regains the trust of the townspeople by revealing he's able to interpret dreams like some kind of cucumber nelson mandela he is now put in charge of the food distribution in the town despite having recently been released from jail and this is where his brothers return they don't recognize him at first and there's this whole thing where joe catches them stealing before revealing his identity to the lesson is that god still loves everyone despite being them in trouble being them being in troubling situations uh, the Bible verse is Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I'm not going to lie, that was just as confusing and hard to follow as a real Bible story, so this might be the most accurate adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> I left a lot of stuff out because, again, I was only half paying attention, but, like, yeah, I'm feeling belly of the whale on this. 
I'd say broccoli. This one's really good. This sounds like broccoli to me. This sounds like a better broccoli than Madam Blueberry, in my opinion. Yeah, fuck it. Top of broccoli. The end of silliness? Oh, no. All right. This one's a little weird. So Archibald Asparagus has canceled Silly Songs with Larry. So Larry the Cucumber drowns his sorrows at Jimmy Gord's ice cream parlor, which looks just like Edward Hopper's painting Nighthawks. Um, Will Archibald give Larry his job back? How much ice cream can Larry eat before getting a headache? Is this truly the end of Silly Songs with Larry? Uh, This is all like presented in a very, very interesting. I I recommend you guys looking it up if you haven't seen it before. This isn't ringing any bells. The uh, opening three minutes of this are very Lynchian. It almost looks like a YouTube poop of veggie tales and this is canon pretty much archibald firing larry in his drunken stupor um he he pretty much does the goofy goober bar thing and just gets hammered off of ice cream and then envisions the rest of the silly songs with larry um but of course this isn't the end of the silly songs with larry uh the funniest and most memorable section of every veggie tales episode is going nowhere and this is only the second of four Silly Songs with Larry compilation episodes. It's a Silly Songs with Larry compilation episode. It's not very good, but it's pretty funny. It's memorable. The opening bit is actually entertaining and funny to this date. I would say that this is broccoli, probably mid-tier. This is pretty ahead of its time if Silly Songs with Larry got canceled. Like, just straight up. This is like the sixth episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. The very first Silly Songs with Larry, um, Everybody's Got a Water Buffalo. In the middle of it, he gets canceled for offending people who don't also have water buffaloes. <laughs> Larry is like the Louis C.K. of VeggieTales. Let's not say that. <laughs> Larry is like the Bill Burr of VeggieTales. Okay, okay, that's better. That one's fine. I don't think I've ever seen this one, actually. Like, after looking at screenshots, I don't recognize this at all. I'm a fake fan. <laughs> Mid-broccoli? Eh, no. Larry Boy and the Bad Apple's better. The cover of this one kind of reminds me of Death Grip's No Love Deep Web album. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Larry Boy. Oh, yeah, here it is. The League of Incredible Vegetables or whatever. Is this real? I've never heard of this one. Holy shit. Larry Boy Adventures. Larry Boy, but written by Alan Moore. Yeah, this one came out in 2012. Is this the Snyder Cut? Yeah, this is the Snyder Cut. Bob and Larry get a video call from Alfred that a kid named Sean emailed Larry Boy that he's pretty much afraid of everything and needs help to conquer his fears. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, they go through some escapades (laughs) (laughs) and help this kid conquer his fears uh, by putting his trust in god so this is like a real kid that sent larry an email like the, the, it's not it's not like a character in, in in the episode right no so this is some pussy ass kid who video called in in 2012 who video called a vegetable <laughs> how old was the kid i have no idea it doesn't say i hope he's like 15 <laughs> <laughs> this came out the same year as the first avengers and the dark knight rises and the amazing spider-man for some context Wow. Ahead of its time. I bet it's better than Amazing Spider-Man. It's gonna fight you. This sounds like the definition of we have Larry Boy at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah It's it seems to be a retelling. It uses the exact same moral of where's God when I'm scared. This is like a hot dog with a piece of white bread as the bun of Larry Boy. Yeah. This is like the this is like Ronald McDonald's friends. 
Like the extended McDonald's mascot cast. Hey, you put some respect on the Hamburglar. I will put some respect on the Hamburglar and Grimace and Mayor McCheese, but we gotta be real about it. Uncle O'Grimacy. Uncle O'Grimacy. Officer Big Mac. Cause you're his cheeseburger. Feeling belly of the whale here, maybe a little bit below Gideon. Yeah. And that's only because it's Larry Boy. If this was just another episode of VeggieTales of this era, I feel like it'd probably be lower. Seeing as how this is a sequel to our Rankin-Bass tier list, it only makes sense that the little drummer boy is here as well. Oh, yeah. Josh, you want to tell us about the VeggieTales remake of the Rankin and Bass little drummer boy? In this veggie version of a holiday classic, Junior Asparagus stars as the little drummer boy. A lonely child finds the true meaning of Christmas when he stumbles upon the birth of baby Jesus. This is better than the Rankin Bass. I agree. Yeah. So this is broccoli? Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's the story of the little drummer boy, but better. Does he get oppressed by Romans at all? I've actually never seen it. Sorry for interviewing you too closely. <laughs> I was like, shit, I was safe until that last question. Andrew, what is the little house that stood about? Basically, the um, story of the three little pigs, at least uh, half of it is. Larry, Mr. Lunt, and Bob build different houses out of hay, brick, and wood. And the the moral of the story is to have a good foundation. If you don't have a good foundation, uh, your house is going to fall down. You will be the walls of Jericho. Basically. Not having a good foundation is the definition of being unbased. This sounds like the later episodes of VeggieTales have a foundation plus they added like weird pigs into this one like not even vegetables and they have talking voices and goatees and are hipsters i hated it it's very it's very apparent that this one is for kids young kids it's like hey we ran out of bible stories time to start doing like other fables like that seems like what they were doing yeah because like the other half of the episode has like humpty dumpty and uh oh okay this is baseless christian propaganda <laughs> they make fun of every single one like if i was a kid and, and veggie tales tried to pull humpty dumpty on me like get the fuck out of here like <laughs> <laughs> this sounds about as bad as the noah's ark one in my opinion it's very close now, it also has Bob in a construction helmet. Coincidence? I think not! <laughs> they do. They say Bob the Builder in the episode, and they're like, who would watch that? <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, Mikhail, what is the Penniless Princess about, and is it as distasteful as Robin Hood on its views of classism? This is from 2012. Larry's daughter is the lead, which made me think about cucumbers having sex. It was Larry's daughter's mother. So she's someone who has tremendous self-worth because she has all these clothes and like material stuff uh and then her family falls on hard times and obviously that makes her life so much harder this was exactly the same fucking thing as sweet pea beauty and everything is you got to care about what's on the inside and it's just like you could find more tasteful ways to do this than like exploiting poor people i feel like this was like oh yeah you're you're not as like in good of a spot life-wise and you got to make the best of it if you're poor and this came out after the housing crisis of 2008 yeah like these are kids whose parents like i i scraped together some to buy you the veggie tales dvd deer you turn it on it's making fun of your fucking parents like <laughs> <laughs> sorry your gen x or dad got laid off from his corporate job maybe if he didn't smoke so much weed in high school he 
gotten to a better college. Stupid shit. Like, yeah, this was, uh, I'm feeling. Parents fell for a subprime mortgage? Loser. <laughs> SMH. I think this is a layoff the room weed. That's pretty generous, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Wow, that was rough. I feel like post pirates who don't do anything, they just lost everything they had going for them. What happened, big idea? Speaking of. Josh, tell us about the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Or no, this would have been the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Tell us about Stranger Tides, the pirates who don't do anything. This movie was bittersweet because it almost felt like the end of an era for Big Idea. A fun pirates movie starring our boy Larry was an upgrade in almost every aspect compared to the usual VeggieTales episode. The animation looked cleaner and some of the designs of the environment were really dope. Sadly, with a $15 million budget, the film only grossed $13 million. It was another feature film failure from Big Idea. And after this, they really couldn't bounce back. This was truly, I think, the end of, I, I guess you would say, the, the golden era of uh, Big Idea. I saw this in theaters. I liked it. But I liked the movie, so... I think it should be high. I think this movie should get like a broccoli tier. My really only problem with it is I feel like it doesn't really have a lesson like I associate with like classic VeggieTales episodes where it's kind of just like a fun adventure. There's no Bible stuff in this at all. Yeah, I saw saw this movie in theaters too. Yeah, I I remember like my mom commenting that it not have any bible stuff in it i saw this in theaters and it was horrible you guys want to hear my theater going experience for the pirates who don't do anything yeah oh of course oh it was with a church club all right this was after sunday school it's like 2 p.m on a sunday and they're like hey like we're hoping most of the church goes to the local amc they're doing a a screening of the pirates who don't do anything the new veggie tales theatrically released film my mom's like oh we gotta take the kids we gotta go do this Mind you, I'm like at just the right age at this point where I don't give a shit about a VeggieTales movie. This is about the last thing I want to do at 2, 2.30 p.m. on a Sunday. We get there. This AMC is uh, it's about a 280, 300 seat theater. It's one of the bigger ones at this at this AMC. It was 100% full. Whoa. And we were like some of the last people to get there. And it's all just like little kids watching this movie and they're like parents. And uh, I'm standing in the back like for the what entire runtime of this in a crowded theater. There were uh, like I wasn't the only person standing to watch this movie. I'm saying there was probably close to 500 people in a theater for less than 400. Why was it so packed? It broke all fire, fire code. OSHA should have come in and shut this shit down. Horrible time. Um, but the movie's all right. I like the villain. Throw it in broccoli. Yeah. I don't think Scorsese should be remaking it. No. Is this better or worse than Larry Boy and the Bad Apple? Better. Um, I want to put it like one above, personally. I've, I'm sure. All right, who wants to talk about the toy you saved Christmas instead? Yeah, I'll do that one. <laughs> Wait, these were randomly uploaded, right? And we have both of these back-to-back. What are the odds? In this Christmas tale, it's a story about a toy coming to life and learning the true meaning of Christmas. I feel like I've said that like 50 times on this episode. This felt like a response to their competition in the 90s Pixar's Toy Story. I will say, though, this is better than Toy Story 4. Facts. You had me scared there for a second. I didn't know which Toy Story you were going to say. <laughs> thought I was gonna have to get really angry. I really like the sequence where they escape and they like go down like the big snowbank. Um, I like this. I think out of all the Christmas ones, 
it's the best one. I remember this one very fondly watching it with my grandma. Yeah, I like the toy that saved Christmas a lot. I agree with Josh. It's definitely the best Christmas special they have. I think for that, Scorsese, please remake. <laughs> Scorsese hasn't made a Christmas movie, has he? Should be at the top of Scorsese. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Although at the same time, I kind of want this in Heavenly, just because like I feel like it's already a classic. I would put it in Heavenly. Yeah, it is a classic, actually. Between Jonah and Are You My Neighbor. I would. Well, that's being generous. That's a little high. Maybe between uh, the David and Goliath and Larry, uh, between the two Larry boys actually works better. Yeah. Separate the Larry boys. <laughs> Jory, you want to tell us about the other Christmas special, the star of Christmas? Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber appear as Cavus Apithart and Millward Phelps, respectively, two jingle writers based loosely on Gilbert and Sullivan. The setting is 1880s London, and they've written a musical called The Princess and the Plumber, which they plan to open on Christmas Eve. Cavus thinks the production will teach London how to love, but children at nearby St. Bart's Church are planning a nativity play for the same evening, and they plan to feature a star of Christmas, the religious artifact unseen by the public for decades. The London Post-Gazette writes a front-page story about the nativity play, and the star in Cavus and Millward hatch a plan to make their musical better than the children's play. In the end, they learn about the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, these guys sound like dicks. I am not a fan. <laughs> this has a very non-VeggieTales, like, sad church song at the end of it also. Yep. It does. That made me, like, I feel like that was, like, one of, like, the first, like, one of the first things that made me depressed as a kid, which I guess would be the, it was the first, like, time I felt moodiness in a movie, I guess. This movie awakened Mikhail's angst. Yeah, like, honestly. It's kind of, this is kind of a dark for VeggieTales, too. Doesn't a church burn down? Look at this strip and tell me Scorsese isn't ready to remake this right now. <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> bro my man's already made gangs of new york he doesn't need to fuck it up again <laughs> the 18th anniversary of the star of christmas bro right there you see like bob the tomato just like uh daniel day lewis was in gangs of new york <laughs> he's the butcher when's veggie tales doing gangs of new york i this is the first christmas special that i saw as a kid unfortunately i didn't i didn't have the toy that saved christmas i only had the star of christmas i didn't like it i thought that veggie tales didn't really do christmas right and thankfully they did better before and i just wasn't in that zeitgeist this also isn't the worst christmas special ever it's like a meta kind of they're putting on a christmas pageant and i don't know why it's set in like victorian england but it is it's because it's a sequel to the easter one no the easter sequel or the easter is the sequel to it is yeah yeah, the Easter Carol is a sequel to A Star of Christmas. Or no, it's uh, the the Easter pageant one, whatever that is. The other one I have to talk about about Easter later. Are we putting this in Belly of the Whale? That's what I was about to say. I think it should be like a mid-tier Belly of the Whale. Yeah. Yeah. Put it. We'll put it with Gideon. I mean, it's got its fans. They're celebrating the 18th anniversary. Apparently. That's true. Someone really likes this. Um, who is going to tell us about the ultimate silly song with Larry compilation? That's going to be you, Andrew. I got you. This is a banger. This has so many classic songs. Um, so the top 10 silly songs, it's got uh, Endangered Love. Oh, yeah, that's Barbara Manatee. Classic. Yeah, it's got uh, I Love My Lips, His Cheeseburger, Song of the Cebu, the Yodeling Veterinarian of the Alps, the Water Buffalo Song. Answer the Cucumber, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, Hairbrush Song, The Best of the Best. Except Pizza Angel, but I think that came out after, so it's okay. Yeah, if they put Pizza Angel, like if they did another 
compilation, it would be the perfect compilation. What was Pizza Angel in? I don't. It's in Minnesota Cuke, the first one. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember having that one as a kid. I think it's the only ve- the silly banger with Larry that I will listen to out of context of listening to silly songs with Larry. Yeah, the production's really good. It sounds like an '80s but power ballad, and it's about the pizza delivery guy being late. I have more memories with that song in college than what I do it as a kid. Yeah, same. I apologize for that. <laughs> Personally, because of how many classics are on this, I would put it either in heavenly or top of broccoli i feel like i hesitate to put it in heavenly even at the bottom but like i could see like upper broccoli i think it also belongs in heavenly i was feeling like it would be more right next to the end of the end of silliness i was thinking it would be above the maybe the larry boy one that's in broccoli i could see that too. I feel like it should be like dead center of broccoli. It hurts, but if everyone else wants that. I think I would rather rewatch this than I would The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything or Madam Blueberry. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a little underrated, but it'll work. You know, maybe if they do a, a fifth and final Silly Song with Larry compilation or countdown, or heck, maybe our list next year uh, of ranking all of the silly songs with Larry will overcome the ultimate silly song countdown. True. All right. The Wonderful Wizard of Haas. What is this one about? This is by far, I think, like the worst title they have come up with. It's just so desperate. Like they tried so hard to find something that they can make a pun out of. And it it really, it's just, in within context, it's really, f- I distinctly remember this is the final VeggieTales DVD that my mom bought my brothers and I and obviously it's a parody of the Wizard of Oz the stand-in for the Emerald City is an amusement park run by the wizard uh, who's played by Archibald that Junior is convinced is some kind of like utopia of childhood fun and he runs away from his parents farm to go to the amusement park I forget what it's called Uh, however when he arrives Junior has a lot of fun, but he is sucked dry of all the money he had with him. He starts feeling regret because they're really laying it on thick with this. The money was supposed to be used for his college fund. <laughs> <laughs> like, you blew all this money having fun right now. Uh, Junior tells the wizard that he's going to tell all of the other tourists that the park ripped him off. So the wizard traps him in a dungeon, uh, and there's a whole third act uh, escape thing, and everyone learns a valuable lesson about greed in the con- of gluttony i completely left out the part where pa grape mr lunt and i want to say larry are the tin man lion and uh scarecrow they don't really do much it's just annoying stuff the bible quote at the end is how great is the love of the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God from John 3.1. So this is a pretty ambitious crossover between the Wizard of Oz and I guess the Prodigal Son. Yeah, the Prodigal Son stuff comes in more at the end. It's like third act stuff. Junior goes back and he's like, I, I want to I wanna work on the farm with my dad or whatever. Even though they said that he had his college fund with him, he wouldn't be working on the farm. This feels like big layoff the weed. <laughs> this feels the same like problem with like post-housing crisis of tales. Like, come on, he blew his college fund. I think that's where they really hit their snag, where it was like, housing crisis, they're like, all right, we got to talk about some real issues. We got to be cutting edge now. We've got to, this is social commentary. This isn't just baseless Christian propaganda. This is lay off the rumor weed. Yes. 
All right. Well, thank you for that summary. It brought tears to my eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've got uh, the wonderful world of autotainment. The episode, this episode of Veggie Tales, is the meta one that accurately predicted the rise in meme culture on the internet. It starts with Larry refusing to do the intro and showing Bob the future of entertainment through randomly generated jokes cued by robots. Uh, what we are treated to in this half-hour special is a futuristic variety TV show hosted by Larry, where a member of the VeggieTales ensemble is selected at random to perform a song and act based off themes selected by this autonomous machine. We get an interesting amount of animation styles and silly songs, as well as inspired uh, meta humor on mostly pointing fun at secular children's programming and also predicting internet humor. I think that this might be the best written episode of VeggieTales, period. It's really fucking weird. It, it is honestly, like, still funny. It's scary how similar it is to our modern humor. It's literally, like, I shit you not, they have, like, a bunch of VeggieTales of the, like, ensemble vegetables. They're, they're strapped to this, like, roulette wheel, and they're selected at random to perform a, like, a, a bit, like a song and a message that gets forced down people's throat. It's almost like VeggieTales is making fun of themselves here in a very weird and meta way. I, I don't know if the, the writers are time travelers and they just made this like last week and then went back in time and released this in like 2003 or four. But this is a relatively early episode. And it was also one of the first big uh, steps up in production quality and animation quality from the original batch. Uh, it was a little bit after Jonah, I believe. I'm going to say it. This episode's mad underrated and I think we should elevate it and put it high and heavenly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I kind of forgot it existed for a while. Like, I thought I made it up. New tier ascended. They kind of did it all by accident, too. I don't know about a new tier. I think this should be, this should, this should go over Jonah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't want to talk about that Easter one yet. Uh, Jory, tell us about veggies in Paris. I mean, veggies in space. <laughs> <laughs> the final frontier. Do I have that? Uh, I think I do. Alden, tell us about veggies in Paris. Uh, well, Veggies was in Paris. Cool. I guess another Star Trek ripoff. It opens up with Larry in space, and then uh, it's revealed that Larry is actually stuck above the countertop. Or he tries to get everyone's help, but they uh, they don't. It's not good. This feels like stuff that's left over from the Penguins space spinoff they tried. Comment that a lot of early VeggieTales stuff has a lot of, like, reused assets. I would say from th not like obviously they're both religious shows, but like a lot of the themes and like them using space theming around stuff, like they they reuse it a lot. Yeah, three, two, one, penguins or whatever it's called. That yeah, that sounds right. My uh, my brother had that, and honestly, it was better than whatever this is trying to be. Yeah, I used to watch three, two, one, penguins on Cuba as a kid, and it would it was more of like an episodic show. There was still religious stuff in it, which was this is really giving me three, two, one, penguins vibes. It's got to lay off the rumor weed. <laughs> There's bumper stickers in the episode, and uh, one is I Break for Tribbles. Another is Area 51. A third is Honk If You Love Quasars. My other car is a DeLorean. And I Heart Planet of the Grapes. Kids would think these were all so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Kids wouldn't understand 
anyone but probably Area 51. It would have been funny if they put like the bumper sticker from the beginning of Spaceballs on the spaceship or something. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like mixing like like science fiction and like religious themes just isn't a good idea. Like this is how we get Scientology. This is L. Ron Hubbard induced uh veggies in space right here and i i don't feel very comfortable about it yeah <laughs> this feels like lay off the rumor weed like to to the nth degree yeah good lord two and a half hours later we're down to the final stretch guys the final three we got this my last one that i have to talk about is a fever dream uh twas the night before easter <laughs> <laughs> Petunia Rhubarb is tasked with hosting the Crisp County Easter pageant the day before the Easter service. As she is one of the judges for America's Got British Judges, this universe's equivalent of American Idol, expectations are high. She commissions an elaborate choir and ensemble, as well as a gigantic robotic Easter bunny. This extravagant pageant causes people to lose sight of the purpose of Easter. So the tame church service after uh, helps everyone remember the importance of Jesus' sacrifice. They then sacrifice a giant robotic bunny and turn him into a swing set in the cross pose at this playground at the church. It's very creepy. Bruh. He's T-posing? He T-posed? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> 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 this isn't okay this is an easter special i love that everybody except for bob has like fear in their eyes bob knows bob only knows what i'd be without you <laughs> there's a godzilla film uh from the i think it's like 60s or 70s where they plan on like once they kill godzilla they're going to turn his body into like a, a an amusement park attraction but they build like a scale model of fake godzilla to like act as the stand-in and the monster shows up that's nice uh, yeah if if you love all things kaiju mikhail's your guy he's doing kaiju month right now over on the m2j2 project your last video did confuse me i was like is cloverfield kaiju and i had to like think about it for a couple minutes i mean it's a giant monster that terrorizes a city my point was like to just be like as cynical as possible because i know like there are like little things that people complain about that get people who like these movies real worked up and so like i was trying to go through and like find like what movies i could pick apart like that are you gonna review peter jackson's king kong no i really like it i don't know what is like i can't think of i i know there's bad things to say about it but i i did the last one i just finished yesterday was the 2014 godzilla i mean if your goal is to just piss people off you could just be like uh jack black is playing a josh gad type in this movie <laughs> he is playing like straight up josh gad in that um back to the twas the night before easter i feel like this is another rumor weed this this isn't quite baseless propaganda in fact i would say it's based lay off the rumor weed <laughs> at the top of lay off the rumor weed uh not as not as based as lord of the beans <laughs> yeah you're right all right two left two left all right very silly songs like the third episode that was a compilation of the first three silly songs with larry andrew tell us what it's about yeah i i didn't watch this one just because i know all the songs they're not even silly songs i'm pretty sure most of them are just songs in the actual episodes yeah from the descriptions like they're all in the episodes they're all good songs but i don't know why it's called silly songs it's probably the weakest compilation too just songs with larry True. They do still probably have bangers in it. So, oh, 
hundred percent. Throw him to the belly of the whale. That cover is where's my hairbrush. And our final veggie t- veggie tale movie. This is a really good one to land on as the last one. First one, if I'm not getting it. Where's God when I'm so scared, Jory? Where's God when I'm scared? Scared. The very first VeggieTales, and just 10 minutes short of being the first CG animated feature film, according to the AFI, I looked it up. Where's God when I'm scared? Teaches children an important life lesson about dealing with their fears before immediately putting that lesson to the test in a sequence that shook me to the core with cult-based horror 26 years before Midsommar hit theaters. The first story in this episode is all about Junior Asparagus watching a scary movie about Frank and Celery. He goes to bed afraid and is comforted by two strangers who break into the small child's room and introduce him to a Hollywood actor. Junior Asparagus asks if asks if God is bigger than King Kong, and then they sing a song about God being bigger than Godzilla. No, I'm not making that up. The very first silly songs with Larry, Everybody's Got a Water Buffalo, is also featured. A plus tier. The story of Daniel in the Lion's Den manages to deliver a certified banger in the midst of a conspiracy to kidnap a child, seal him in a pitch black pit, and leave him with bloodthirsty snarling lions with nothing but their glowing yellow eyes for night. Uh, The ultimate lesson from this episode is if you're afraid of a movie or a story, just remember it isn't real. But if your fears are in reality, you'd better pray as hard as you can, and maybe God will save you. Isaiah 40.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We need to talk about how in the David episode, it is straight up a Kubrick minifilm. Bro, like everything about that sequence unsettles me to my very core. The narration in the beginning, how it's like an ASMR thing. The landscape with like the desert at night and the like deep blues. The scene where they kidnap David? The scene where they're talking about kidnapping David. That giant hall with, like, the checkered flooring. Like, I'm I'm serious. You could put, like, the, the cult chant from Eyes Wide Shut over that, and it would have the same vibe. It's nightmare fuel. Absolutely. And then they throw him into this pit with, like, the only exit being like a story up at least and then seal them in there with a boulder it was terrifying to me as a child and it's still kind of unsettling as an adult because of how much i associate with it this really set the tone for the entire series and all of the good episodes i compared to this one personally i want it as high up in heavenly as above jonah i Agree. I think the only episode that might be better than this is Josh and the Big Wall. Yeah. 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 I think Josh and the Big Wall, just the humor is like so good in Josh and the Wall. That's the only thing that makes it higher. But those are the top two like VeggieTales episodes. There's a like plushie in storage somewhere of Junior. And when you squeeze it, it sings the uh, the song and his eyes light up. And honestly, if you are in pitch black and those eyes light up, it looks terrifying. It probably looks like the lions in the cave. <laughs> yeah, it does. You got you to gotta wonder, like, the big idea people were feeling with all of these, like, shortcomings. Like, this was 10 minutes short of being the first CG animated feature. Can you imagine finding that out and, like, realizing, like, you fucked yourself over like making film history on your first try i think big idea was was pretty ahead of their time yeah in terms of finding a way to make computer animation like at this quality too at this quality yeah i mean this is more scalable than probably doing a 2d animated series with the same budget i reckon because they're able to reuse a lot of resources like say what you want about like the religious context of these there it's clearly like a very talented team of animators uh writers and voice actors that like really put a lot of effort into all of 
I a lot of them. Yeah, I watched the documentary on just Big Idea in general, and it's it's super interesting. They all seem like just really passionate about like not like just like Bible stuff. It seems more so like that's come secondary to like them making Veggie Tales, which I think is kind of cool that Veggie Tales surpassed their faith in Christianity in terms of like their priorities in life. I think the reach was pretty big too. I mean, I had a lot of friends that grew up with Veggie Tales that didn't go to church. You know, I think they did a good job of reaching people that were be like outside of their initial target demographic and most of these aren't even like lessons that are like i'm trying to think of the word like exclusive to christians there it's it's all of like believe in yourself or stuff like that that's how they get you <laughs> i think i think vegetals did a good job yeah i think there were only like uh <laughs> I say this while looking at the baseless Christian propaganda tier, but I think that there are only really a few episodes, at least when we were kids, that I considered like not great. Yeah, I mean everything in the t in the heavenly are ones that uh, came out when we were kids, except maybe Celery Night Fever. Everything broccoli and above, I recommend. Yeah, yeah, I'd say this is like the Simpsons of our generation, where it started off really good, and then over and then over time. It started sucking and whatnot after the first movie. I agree. There's some big comparisons to The Simpsons and like SpongeBob. Like it's kind of crazy that VeggieTales can be compared to that kind of stuff. Thank God VeggieTales actually ended, unlike those two other properties, though. That's true. I feel like Netflix will revive it at some point, though. If it ended in 2019, that kind of sounds more like they had to stop working on it because of the pandemic. I think there's already a Netflix like series. I think there's the show called The VeggieTales Show. That's a Netflix acquisition. And apparently it's really big internationally. I don't know if it has like many episodes as of now, but yeah, there's definitely more VeggieTales coming in the Noah's Ark art style. So <sighs> it's not big idea that, you know, they sold the rights and someone else is going to ruin their thing, which is what they should have done with Simpsons 20 years ago. Did big idea go under as a company? Oh, no, okay. they flipped for a profit. And uh, I think they are rebranding, changing their name, doing something else. I know they sold uh, a large part of their market share to like Lifeway uh, church, like um, the Christian like stores, like material stuff. I think the initial creator of Big Idea still hops on the creative team for the new ones, I believe. But I don't know how much like power he actually has anymore. I'd like to think he still has full creative control. <laughs> I mean, I know he still voices Bob, which is kind of wild. And he sounds like a pretty cool dude. I think he was from like Chicago and he just kind of worked his way up. Like he just uh, he it, it was just him and his wife at doing or at first, like creating these and they slowly built their team together. Well, who's everyone's favorite character? Larry. Larry boy. Mr. Lunt. Yeah, Mr. Lunt's pretty cool. He's like the Wario of this universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like Bob. I'll give some love to Bob. I agree. Bob's my favorite character. I hated him as a kid. He's kind of like the Squidward to Larry's Patrick. Yeah. I really like, I noticed this in the Josh episode, he hates when they sing that like Bible song at the end. <laughs> comments on it like every time he's always got his like eyes down and he's shaking his head <laughs> i'm like based that song does suck that's like something that always gets me in cartoons or like whatever like when characters acknowledge they don't like the music bob and larry just name a more iconic duo uh the guys from the rainmaker all right well uh i'm gonna close this out by reading this terribly long tier list for people that are listening to the podcast so uh thank you andrew uh you can find him over on youtube uh Zisceral is the name of that youtube channel it's got more subs than us and m2j2 combined right now so oh wow. thank you for <laughs> blessing us with your presence you're welcome 
Glad to be here. <laughs> also, check out Mikhail. He's the uh, that what co-creative director of the M2J2 project. He's the workhorse of the M2J2 project, I should say. The Shawn Michaels of the M2J2 project. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, like kaiju stuff, if you like uh, just movie reviews in general, or of course. There's always the State of the Union. What happened the past year in cinema? Great content over at the M2J2 Project. Check it out. And a lot more coming. True. And I think we guys, I think we're going to have you guys on soon. But we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We're working out finer details. We'll talk business. We'll, t- we'll talk business during Monkey Week. Monkey. We'll talk monkey business. All right. So at the bottom of baseless Christian propaganda tier, we've got Mo and the Big Exit. Then Noah's Ark. Then the little house that stood. It's a Meaningful Life, Robin Good and His Not-So-Merry Men, Sweet Pea Beauty, Princess and the Pop Star, Duke and the Great Pie War, Mary Larry and the True Light of Christmas, um, Pistachio, The Boy That Wouldn't. Lay off the rumor weed tier, we've got The Wonderful Wizard of Haas, The Penniless Princess, St. Nicholas something, I don't care, McLary, Lyle the Kindly Viking, Beauty and the Beat, Veggies in Space, The Fennel Frontier, A Snoodle's Tale, which feels like it was three hours ago when we talked about that. (laughs) Twas the Night Before Easter, and Lord of the Beans at the top of Lay Off the Rumor Weed tier. Now, in the Belly of the Whale tier, we've got uh, Huckleberry, Finn, and Tomato, whatever, the big river rescue. Sherlock Holmes and the Golden Ruler, The Incredible League of Vegetables, The Star of Christmas, Gideon, Tuba Warrior, Minnesota Cuke in the Search for Noah's Umbrella, Abe and the Amazing Promise, and Very Silly Songs, a Silly Songs with Larry compilation in Belly of the Whale. Now into Broccoli, we've got Celery Night Fever, Escher, The Girl Who Became Princess, The End of Silliness, The Little Drummer Boy, Larry Boy and the Bad Apple, The Pirates Who Don't Do Any. Madam Blueberry, The Ultimate, Silly Song Countdown, and Little Joe. In the Scorsese Please Remake tier, we've got King George and the Ducky. God Wants Me to Forgive Them? Uh, excuse me, Nate. It's God Wants Me to Forgive Them? <laughs> Thank you, Jory. You're welcome. Sumo of the Opera, Rack, Shack, and Benny. And then in Heavenly tier, we've got Minnesota Cuke, Samson's Hairbrush, I almost said Swanson's. <laughs> hey, Peter. Hey, Peter, you ever watch VeggieTales? Damn, Jordy does it better than I do. You see my hairbrush. Larry Boy and the Rumor Weed, the toy that saved Christmas, Larry Boy, and the fib from outer space, Dave and the Giant Pickle, are you my neighbor, Jonah, the wonderful world of autotainment, where's God when I'm so scared, and the best episode of VeggieTales is Josh and the Big Wall. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this very long tier list. We will never do one this long again, I hope. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew and Mikhail, for joining us on this journey. I can't think of any other VeggieTale historian to embark on this trip with us. Thank you for inviting me. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Peter, be sure to join me at church on Easter Sunday. Easter week, we're all going to be together. Hey, Peter, that's pretty wholesome. Are we going to have it? Wait, we're spending, we're spending Holy Thursday, the, uh, the, the last supper at, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh Uh-oh, I hope that's not foreshadowing. (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Next week, we'll be making a bracket out of movie tie-in video games. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. 
And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.